The following program is presented to you by the New York State School Boards Association. NISBA's President's Gavel Podcast is supported by the College Board, a mission-driven organization that connects students to college success and opportunity. Learn more at collegeboard.org. While there has been no shortage of challenges this year, school districts and boards of education have surmounted difficult odds. However, the good news is we've prevailed, not perfectly, not always gracefully, but we've seen more success stories than we've seen failures. So in this episode of the President's Gavel, we're taking time to reflect on the resiliency and success that has occurred across the state in the midst of an unpredictable pandemic. Let's call this meeting to order. My name is Darcy Dercoli, Director of Leadership Development here at the New York State School Boards Association. And on this episode of the President's Gavel, we're taking time for a 2020 retrospective, success and resiliency in a challenging year. I'm joined today by Jay Warona, NISBA's Deputy Executive Director and General Counsel. Jay, thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure, Darcy. I'm glad to be with you. Wonderful. So let's begin today by looking back on some of the biggest challenges boards of education and school districts face throughout the year beginning with the mandated shutdown of schools across the state in the first half of the year this as you know caused several hardships and necessitated quick planning and action to be taken by school boards superintendents and school personnel alike And I think it's important in this reflection to take stock of the challenges districts have had to face and how they rose to those challenges. So let me just mention a few of them. We had districts having to transition to distance learning and learn new technologies on a dime pretty much within weeks. They've ramped up for meals delivery, instructional materials delivery, and provided internet hotspots at various locations in their districts. They coordinated and executed elections and budget votes via absentee ballot. And transitioned to online meetings and dealt with Zoom bombing. And they they completed the year and held high school graduations despite big obstacles and they addressed the safety and psychological needs to maintain a sense of community and care for their staff and students, while at the same time dealing with the PPE acquisition and purchasing issues. And last but not least, they addressed and still are addressing the large inequities as they have shown up in available resources and support for our more vulnerable and marginalized student populations. So this is by no means the full list. There are many more challenges and details to this list, but I think you would agree that it's a daunting list nonetheless. And I'm curious to really look at what did we learn? And so Jay, I'm asking you this question. So is there a silver lining in any of this? I guess what I would say um, in in the most uh, positive of ways is I think we have learned Um, as an education community, uh, that what we might have considered in the past to be the impossible, 
uh, really isn't impossible because, uh, and I've worked in this field, uh, particularly at this association for uh, over 36 years, and I have never seen a group of persons uh, who are running uh, this particular system, being our policymakers, our school board members, our administrative staff, um, all of the individuals in our education community, um, ensuring that we were going to do our best to provide educational opportunities uh, for uh, our students. And I think what we've seen um, is that, yes, there's been many bumps along the way, uh, particularly with uh, distance learning. Uh, there have been no perfect scenarios uh, be because many districts across the state have not had uh, Wi-Fi access or uh, the, the ability to provide a broadband access is what I was looking for uh, in mm -hmm. terms of my terminology. And, 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 and certainly uh, some of our more impoverished families have not been able to afford um, the, the um, appropriate equipment to be able to connect. But we have nevertheless found that uh, we have what I think is a great word, which is resiliency. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been innovative, we've been flexible, we've, in, we, we, we've worked together. Uh, we've actually shown this nature, nation, which, <laughs> which is so politically uh, divided uh, and polarized that uh, that's, we don't have any place for that here in the New York State education system. So we've, we've used love and caring and learning and growth, and we've done all of those things together uh, to do our, our very best. And it reminds me of that children's book, you know, um, in, in which the, uh, the old train says, I think I can, I think I can. <laughs> I think that's what we've been doing um, since March. And it has been yeah. exhausting, uh, but it's been a labor of love because, you know what, Darcy, we've got to get this right. We can't have a generation of students missing an opportunity. And we know that they've, they've missed many uh, opportunities that we would like to have um, done better at. Uh, but we continue to make sure that we're providing every opportunity that we can. Yeah, absolutely, Jay. So let's talk about the budget. We are still awaiting a stimulus package, and hopefully we'll see it soon. I know with all the budgetary uncertainty earlier in the year, our school boards were forced to take a conservative look at their resources and in some cases cuts were made. Many of our districts adapted and were innovative to conserve and utilize their resources wisely. Some of our districts we've seen um, adapt using their fund balance with also uh, use of other reserves with the allowable flexibility. They also saved on building and transportation expenses and utilized teachers and support staff differently this year. So what are you hearing now from our districts as they continue to consider possible budget constraints in the future? So what I'm hearing, you know, schools are talking about you know, uh, how they're going to make ends meet. And to be honest, you know, since I've been at the School Boards Association every year, you know, we have the same discussion and it's always well-intended and it's always from the heart. People want to do well by students. But this year, what I'm hearing in terms of the grave uh, situation that we are facing, um, I hear districts are concerned about whether they can make ends meet. Not how they're going to do it, but can they make ends meet? And uh, that's a very serious uh, consideration. Now, you know, hopefully, and I, I still am hopeful, I, I'm hopeful that the federal government's going to provide the federal stimulus monies 
that are necessary uh, because I think that um, um, whether one is a Republican or a Democrat or regardless of how polarized this country is, uh, I think everybody can be united in purpose that our students um, are owed that, that opportunity uh, for advancement. So I am hoping that we're, we're going to get there. But Darcy, I will tell you, it's, it's, it's a dark time right now for public mm-hmm. education. And, and, and our districts are very, very concerned. You know, we are united in purpose, but we're also united with, with, with fear and trepidation about how we're going to make this work without those, those monies. And we at the New York State School Boards Association have been lobbying very, very hard for that. We've joined all of our sister organizations at the Educational Conference Board. Uh, we've talked uh, uh, many, many times to all of the principals at the State Education Department, including our own Betty Rosa, who serves as our commissioner. I know the, the Board of Regents are very committed to this effort. Our legislature is committed to this effort. You know, one of the challenges, of course, uh, that we've had uh, that you didn't mention before, Darcy, because there are so many, right, is that we've Uh been operating since this pandemic began with a governor that issues executive orders. And this is not me, uh, you know, making a comment of a negative nature on the governor, but we have not had the opportunity to really involve our legislators um, in all of this important work because everything has been orchestrated through executive orders. And indeed, that had to happen because we were in the middle of a pandemic. Uh We were in the middle of But now we we do need to make sure that our legislature helps us as well uh, understand that our kids have to come first. Jay, thank you for sharing your insight. I think we all can agree with you. We are concerned about what is to come, but you're right. We are united in purpose. And having that unity on a board is so very important to maintaining a high-functioning board, especially during these challenging times. So, Jay, as we continue to reflect upon this historic year, let's talk about social justice. It's been in the news lately. Um, It's been very often the conversation within our communities. And we're now seeing more districts beginning to question these issues of diversity and equity and inclusivity in our schools. And we here at NISBA have also been working hard to bring this conversation to our board members and others by delivering webinars and other important information and resources on these topics out to our members. So Jay, I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit more about some of the work I know that you've also been doing with the NISCUS Commission on Diversity and Inclusivity. How do you hope this movement will positively impact our districts and our students? Great question, Darcy. But I want to I want to first start with a compliment to you and and to Mark Snyder of your staff. Uh, you've done some really great work in bringing this particular uh, issue to the forefront. You've run at least two webinars so far, and I know I think you have a third one coming up. And so we we also uh, you know in, in the legal department have uh, uh, taken this effort on. I want to start by by telling you that. Uh, you know, you asked for a silver lining before, so there's a negative and a silver lining, I guess, which is, you know, we've been um, in a situation in education where we've had a tale of two cities. Uh, we've had students who um, come from affluent means and students who don't, and we do know that certainly um, folks who are in a better financial situation do have, a, 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 you know, a, a better opportunity to, uh, to, to get ahead. 
Uh, and what we've seen uh, with uh, the pandemic, of course, where districts had to go to remote learning, that the inequities that we've seen in terms of educational delivery has become even more apparent uh, because, again, as I indicated before in an answer to, I think, one of your first questions, We've seen students um, who don't have access to technology, which has put them in an even worse position because, as you indicated before, there's not a school district or an educator or a school board member in this state, probably in this nation, that doesn't believe that students would do far better to be in a classroom. But we want to keep them healthy. So in many instances, that hasn't been possible through this pandemic. Uh, so, you know, the the inequity that we've seen um, is very apparent. And I guess the silver lining to that, even though that's a negative, is I think the state has to have the resolve uh, to make sure that we understand that that is unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. We, we need to find the ways to make sure broadband uh, capability is everywhere. Uh, and every student has access to uh, technology. In answer to your question, what have we been doing? We too have been working uh, with the Diversity and Inclusivity uh, Commission of the New York State Council of School Superintendents, an organization that uh, since the time I began at the School Boards Association, I've had great admiration and love for our superintendents are the glue that makes it all work. Um, and they're um, their Diversity and Inclusivity uh, Commission, uh, which has been chaired by Oliver Robinson of the Shenandoah School District and LaValle Brown of the Ithaca School uh, District, uh, have made uh, it very apparent as to what needs to be uh, done uh, to rectify the problems of social injustice. But, you know, the things that have been in the news, and this is not a political statement, um, have, have really shocked most people in this country. And, and, and those horrific things, I think, have made our school districts even more receptive, not that they weren't be before, but even more receptive of, of looking for ways in which they can um, work towards uh, the goal of, of, of putting um, uh, public education at the forefront to be the catalyst of change uh, for social injustice. I mean, I do believe that we're not just uh, a player. I think we are the player. If a student comes from a background uh, where discrimination um, is, is prevalent, uh, intolerance is preached in the home. It really is the school district that's going to have the opportunity uh, to uh, perhaps provide in that child's mind with critical thinking skills the opportunity to understand that that isn't our path forward. So, Darcy, this is a very important issue to all of us at the School Boards Association. You and I both uh, have Fred Langstaff, who serves as our president from Long Island, and his theme, because all of our presidents have a theme, but his, his theme has been all about social justice, all about rectifying the problems of inequities. I really want us to, as an association, help our members, help their students and help their school districts diminish oppression or injustice or the discrimination that they might be seeing. Even if it's subtle, it's important to look into all the crevices and corners of our school district systems to see where we might dismantle them a bit and rebuild them so they might be more fair and equitable. We want to create that equity for our students. We want to honor our diversity of all our students and all of our staff. And we want to ensure that everybody feels included in that educational climate because because that gives rise to everybody's success. So that's what we're looking for. And 
I think this past year with the pandemic, it has really brought so much to light. And certainly this issue was really clearly thrown out right into the sunlight. So we're really happy that we're out there along with a lot of other folks and advocates in the state advocating for equity in education. And I do think it is our charge and it and it is, I hope, everybody's charge to make sure all our kids get an exceptional exceptional educational experience. So we are out of time, Jay. So I want to say thank you very much for being here with us today and for taking the time out to reflect on this historic year. And I hope that you'll join us again another time. Well, thank you, Darcy. I just want to say, just in closing for me, I, I want to just give a shout out to all of our school board members and our administrative staff. You know, I have never seen a year in which decisions that were being uh, made or, or, or that they were being asked to make were literally life and death decisions. I've seen us grapple with what would be a better educational opportunity that we can provide, but we've, I've never seen our folks literally lose sleep over whether a decision was going to lead to imperiling the safety of, of our children. And for that, I know you're all exhausted, and I want to say, and I know Darcy feels the same way I do, we support you and we respect you, and it's been absolutely our pleb privilege to serve you particularly this year and we're going to continue this path together and together we're going to accomplish even better things next year. Thank you Jay. I couldn't have said it even even better. We are looking forward to next year. Certainly a vaccine on the horizon. We're looking forward to that and we're looking forward to coming back to school in a way and in a fashion that we're much more used to having. So thank you again. I'd also like to thank our policy team, Jessica Goldstein, Mary Williams-Noy, and Courtney Sanek for developing sample policy materials on equity, inclusivity, and diversity in education for all our school districts. The sample policy regulation and exhibit can be downloaded by clicking the link provided in this episode's notes section. And I would also like to thank our NISBA colleagues working behind the scenes. Thank you to Megan DeGennaro, Alyssa Maelo, and Al Marlin. My name is Darcy Dercoli, Director of Leadership Development for the New York State School Boards Association, and this has been a production of the President's Gavel. And this meeting is now adjourned. Mm -hmm.